lots of people are trying out vegan diets this month, obviously. Any piece of advice for those people who are trying to be vegan for the first time? Yeah, I would just say have fun with it. There's likely something in your diet Mm -hmm. already that is a vegan meal. You can always use that as a touchstone. And you'll actually be surprised how many meals are already vegan or very easily made vegan. Yeah. Yeah, it will be easier than you think it will be. And I mean, if, if all else fails, you can always have a piece of toast because most bread is vegan. <laughs> Hello, my name is Kashka and welcome to Plant Voices podcast from Tapewood Community Garden, where we tell local stories about gardening, food, nature and climate change. Well, Happy New Year and welcome everyone to our January episode. I don't know if you've heard, but it's been a bit of a record month. Half a million people signed up for Veganuary this year, taking up a challenge to eat vegan for the whole month. That's double of the last year's numbers. And you might have also noticed lots of enthusiasm from many of food businesses and supermarkets promoting their new vegan food ranges as well. Vegan bugs certainly seems to be in the air these days. So what is a vegan diet? It's a diet avoiding meat, fish and dairy and taking advantage of purely plant-based products instead. People take it up for many reasons, including health and animal welfare. It also happens to be good for the planet. Scientists say that cutting back on meat, fish and dairy is the single best way individuals, that's us, can tackle the twin planetary emergencies that we are facing right now, the climate change and the biodiversity loss. So there seems to be lots of good reasons to tip your toe in the vegan experience. Hoping to demystify the vegan concept a little and find out what it is like to eat and indeed to be a vegan we crowdsourced some questions from Tapot residents. And then we sent off our chief reporter, Kathleen, to talk to a couple of Tapot locals, Linda and Kaylee. So I'm just going to do a very brief introduction and I'm going to say welcome to Linda Stewart and Kaylee McGilvery, two vegans living in Tapot who have kindly agreed to answer questions sent to them by curious residents of the town. So the first question to both of you, but maybe Linda, you want to start this one. What are your motivations for being a vegan? Well, as a humanist, I try to live an ethical lifestyle, which involves taking responsibility for myself, showing some tolerance and just kindness and compassion for other people, and also respecting the environment. So part of that is not wanting to see harm done to living creatures. But I suppose what really drew me to veganism was watching videos uploaded to social media by PETA, the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, Mm -hmm. and realising, shocking as they are, realising that we don't actually need to use animals for food or for clothing or for entertainment. And also I was veggie before becoming vegan, so Mm -hmm. it was a huge step. Thank you, Linda. Kayleigh, what about you? A similar journey or a different entry? 
We also were vegetarian before going vegan. We're only vegetarian for about maybe six months. So we were quite interested in where our food came from. And so, yeah, our journey was really quite eclectic, I think. We went and became head-to-tail eaters. So we would eat a lot of offal. We would eat every part of the animal. And then from there, we started looking at uh, ways of like growing your own protein at home. So we actually farmed locusts and ate them. (laughs) And then eventually we did go vegetarian when we moved to Scotland. And then Ian wanted to try Veganuary in January 2016. We probably mostly went vegan for the environment, but we've stayed vegan for the animals and actually because we like it. Mm, Great, thank you. Very interested about the locusts. We can come back, but I think that's a whole different podcast, actually. Is it a balanced diet? Does it cover the necessary vitamins and minerals which you need for for a healthy diet? And can you provide alternatives through supplements? I think when I'm shopping, I try to choose vegetables that contain a variety of vitamins and minerals. But I also take vitamin supplements because I'm a 50-something vegan woman living in Scotland. Mm. I take, you know, B12. D3, K2, zinc and calcium. Some of those things are associated with being over 50, being a woman mm-hmm. over 50, et cetera, et cetera. I think B12 is probably the thing, and perhaps calcium, the things that are recommended for vegans. So it's for that reason that I take those. Thank you. And Kaylee? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with what Linda said. I find it pretty easy to get everything that I need from our vegan diet. I think it's especially easy if you're eating a variety of foods. So that's including nuts and seeds and um, also some fortified foods. And that's things like plant milks and yogurts, which are often fortified with things like B12 and calcium. Mm -hmm. They say that the only supplement you definitely need as a vegan is B12, that we cannot get that in a vegan diet. And lots of omnivores are actually deficient in B12 as well. Mm It might not seem like natural to have to take a supplement to your diet, but livestock are actually often supplemented themselves with B12. So we're actually just cutting out the middleman by by taking our own B12. (laughs) And I think for, for anyone really concerned about diet balance, the Vegan Society have actually done a pie chart matching the exact nutrition pie chart that everybody has to show how all of the parts of your diet can be met with a vegan diet. They also have their own supplement that they market. We take B12, we take vitamin D. I mean, pretty much everyone in Scotland is recommended to take vitamin D. And I think the other ones that might be on the radar are like iodine and selenium. Mm. If you're eating seaweed and you're eating Brazil nuts and, and omega-3 walnuts, you know, like you can actually get those things in a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wondered how they would make sure that, you know, they're having a balanced meal if you're a vegan, especially for children, making sure that they get all the vitamins that they need and protein and calcium, maybe, a vegan diet wouldn't normally have easily. We've been very fortunate. Our health visitors have been very supportive of the fact Uh that we're a vegan family. I found it really reassuring that All of the NHS guidelines say that it's perfectly fine and healthy to bring up children from birth on a vegan diet and that as long as you're planning their meals adequately, that all of their nutritional needs will be met. And yeah, it really actually hasn't been an issue for us. 
they just eat what we eat really mm-hmm. yeah I've got a three-month-old and a three-year-old our youngest obviously he just has breast milk at the moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and both children get vitamin d which is the same with all babies in Scotland mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and yeah she also has b12 and what about I don't know if any of your children go to any kind of daycare has there been issues with that? Are you anticipating when you, they go to school? Is there likely to be any issues there, do you think? Or not thinking that far ahead? Siosha has been at daycare. Yeah. Has never been an issue because there are always lots of children that are actually lactose intolerant. So there's always lots of dairy uh-huh. free kids. Uh-huh. And they also cater for like gluten-free diets and they cater for vegetarian diets. So then the only thing left is my kid doesn't eat eggs. I mean, obviously gluten is vegan, but in terms of daycares are geared up to cater to specialised diets. And at the last nursery session was at, the person who ran it was actually vegan. So oh. it was even doubly not an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Wow. Good. Well, I mean, I'm really encouraged to hear that. That's fantastic. Well, I wondered whether you get any... Um strange reactions or reactions from people if you tell them that you are vegan? In my introduction, I introduced you as vegans. I mean, how do you feel about that? Let's just say label. I don't have any problem at all with the label. Okay. And I think, you know, how do I react when people say I'm vegan? It depends whether they've just invited me for dinner. And then I say, I'm vegan, because then the look on their face might be, "Hmm, okay, well, we might have to be a bit more creative and then I try to reassure them actually you don't need to be really that much more creative it's not so much what you put in it's what you don't put in that counts Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah I guess it can put a bit of pressure on the cook sometimes Mm -hmm. to come up with a vegan option but then if it really is an issue I always offer to bring something along that will complement what you know the meat dish or whatever that if it's a hot pot or Mm -hmm. you know then I can always bring a kind of vegan version Mm -hmm. And that seems to work quite well. But I think for those who enjoy cooking, it's never an issue. It's always something that they think, oh, okay, then we'll all have a we think about how can I adjust things. But generally speaking, people are absolutely fine with it. Sometimes people will ask me, you know, why, why have you chosen yeah. to be vegan? But I always welcome that question because it gives me an opportunity to talk about <laughs> why, why I've chosen veganism. Yeah, so it's, that's fine. Yeah, good, great, good for you. Yep. And Kayleigh, what about you? Any bumps along the way honestly I, I find like most people are fine with it mm-hmm. I think it's more like family that if, if, if anything that have given us a bit of a hard time and Ooh. most of that is actually just but where are you going to get your protein from yeah. <laughs> but you know again like Linda said I'm always happy to bring along a vegan option and that goes for the kids as well so if we go into someone's birthday don't expect them to make their kids birthday cake vegan just so that Siusha can have a piece I'll make sure that I bring something so that Siosha's not missing out, but also they don't feel like, oh no, that poor child doesn't get to have birthday cake. Mm. So it's just, you know, sometimes maybe a little bit of extra planning and things like that, but everyone's pretty good about it. And a lot of people really welcome the challenge to, to try something new. Good. Hey, well, again, really, it's really encouraging to hear that actually. Very good. Do you think it's more expensive to eat vegan? Do you find that your food bills are higher? 
How does that go for you too? Well, I think tofu and meat substitutes are usually cheaper than purchasing meat. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's more expensive to be a vegan. Are there are a few store cupboard staples that we have now that we didn't have before, like nutritional yeast and things like that. And before COVID hit, we'd probably spend between 40 and 50 quid a week, maybe Aldi or Little for our little family, like really don't spend a lot on groceries. And then we'd do a couple of bulk buys at like Whole Foods stores or the Asian grocers to maybe get a few like kind of specialty ingredients. And that's mostly because I really like to make my own um, Satan, which is a meat substitute. Kayla, could you say that word again? Satan. Satan. Uh-huh. Okay. It's S-E-I-T-A-N. It's great for a lot of things. So finding the actual ingredients then about in Fife and Scotland is not a problem for you? No, I don't find it a problem at all. Hmm. Good. Oh, well, very encouraging again. Linda, what about your thoughts on where you source your ingredients? I agree with Kaylee. I think it does depend on where you shop as to, in terms of expense. I think if you're big on buying the meat substitute products, they tend to be a bit more processed. Mm-hmm. They can be expensive depending on where you buy them. But given that you can, you know, buy a chicken or a half a chicken for like £2.50 in some supermarkets, which is just outrageous, buying um, vegan meat substitutes are no more expensive than that. So. I think I tend to buy all my vegetables in Lidl or Aldi, Uh where they tend to be a bit cheaper anyway. And that works really well for me. And also I go to the same sorts of Asian shops, the Global Food Shop in Dundee, to get any kind of special ingredients. I love that shop anyway, because I'm big on cooking Indian and Pakistani food. So Uh I'm forever in that shop buying little bits and pieces of things that I can't get in Tesco or <laughs> it's such a great shop or are available at a premium price. So no, I think I've actually saved money uh-huh. groceries from being vegan. Hmm. But then I don't go in for the big processed sort of vegan products in a in a big way. Yeah. I try to stick with things that are fresh and then create something out of them. Do you cook your meals at home from scratch or do you buy ready-made meals which are more and more available in shops these days? What do you prefer and which do you trust most? When I first became a vegan, which I did Veganuary in 2016 as well, <laughs> I just kept going. But when I first became a vegan, that's what I was drawn to. I, all those sort of processed, you know, soya products, uh-huh. that kind of thing the veggie sausage, you know, vegan sausages and all that kind of thing. But over time, what I've discovered, what I've learned is that I'm, I'm less reliant on those and I'm, I'm more reliant on just the fresh produce and creating something out of that, creating a meal out of the fresh produce. So if I'm going to eat somewhere else and it's easy for that family or that person to bring along a, you know, if you're going to a barbecue, it's easier to bring along a, a vegan burger to put on the barbecue along with everybody else than it is to bring a, you know, a meal that I've prepared earlier, then I'll do that. But if I'm just cooking at home, I tend to steer away from those sort of mm. fast solutions to things. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, the balance has shifted. I was much more reliant on those sorts of products when I first became vegan because I kind of needed that, something that yep. almost tasted like meat but isn't meat. But I'm far less inclined to buy those things now. Although I do have you know, something in the freezer just in case. Yeah. There's one evening I can't be bothered. 
and you know I just need a quick you know sausage on the grill or something like yeah. that definitely there's something there but I wouldn't say that that was the bulk of my shopping. Mm-hmm. Interesting and Kaylee is that a similar thing for you? Yeah I mean we still do buy some meat substitutes they're more uh-huh. like kind of like treat items because I don't know like I really my kitchen's my happy place and I really enjoy making things from scratch anyway and that includes our meat substitutes and I also then know exactly what's in it and even though it is processed because I've processed it but it's not got all of the added sodium and and sugars that the ones that in the supermarkets often have and I mean there's such a huge variety available in the supermarkets and you can get relatively healthy things if, if you pick and choose carefully. I don't buy much vegan cake things. We do a lot of vegan baking at home. Sia will make cookies and cupcakes with me, even though her favourite food is actually pea soup at the moment. Very healthy. Brilliant. <laughs> How easy is it to get meals when you go out, if you could go out, if it wasn't COVID time? When I first turned vegetarian... It was so dull going out. I mean, I didn't go out a lot because it was, you know, I was I was 15 or something. But when I did go, it was just omelette or salad. But I imagine but to be vegan, it would be yeah, more, more like being a vegetarian back in the day. I think in recent years, more and more restaurants have been offering vegan options. Yeah. And there are now quite, a, you know, a fair few vegan cafes in and around Dundee, which are you know, just dedicated to vegan food, really. And so it's really quite easy to go out, you know, when we were allowed to go out. Yes. Do your shopping and then meet for coffee or something like that. It's quite easy to meet in a, a vegan cafe, no problem at all. Mm-hmm. Even high-end restaurants now are starting to see the value in offering, you know, vegan courses and things like that, which is quite good. And you'd be happy to eat in a restaurant that serves meat as well you know if your friends were meat eaters how do you feel about that are you okay with that in restaurants yeah I think that restaurants offering vegan options need to take the precautions well I assume that they, yeah. they've taken the precautions and sometimes they'll say that they have taken you know that they've prepared the food separately from the meat mm-hmm. yeah that wouldn't worry me at all no good and do you have any personal recommendations for for some time in the future, any particular restaurants or cafes that you've found that you really enjoy? Well, my go-to place in Dundee would have been Marwick's when it was over. Yes. Because it's all completely vegan. Mm-hmm. The Flame Tree has vegan options as well. Birchwood now has vegan options too. So there's three off the top of my head. And in terms of restaurants, even you know, in Newport, for instance, the Newport Hotel, which does a really lovely and quite expensive um, taster menu. Yes. They include vegan options as well. Mm-hmm. The restaurant inside the V&A, the Tatha Bar, that has oh, yeah. vegan options too. I've eaten vegan there as well in the past. Yeah, so quite a few places. Kaylin, what about you? Are you seeing out problems? We've always found it really easy to eat out and we take the time to plan ahead if we need to by checking menus or bringing or contacting the eatery. Restaurants on the whole, as Linda has said, are becoming far more vegan friendly. And I guess my picks would be um, The Batch in Dundee. Oh, yeah. Always has a couple of really good vegan options. And Underdog in Dundee is all vegan. Uh-huh. But, and that's like 
if you wanting to take someone somewhere where you're like, we are going to go and have some vegan junk food, take them there because you can have hot dogs and burgers and yeah, <laughs> but it's all vegan. Um, you know, they've even got like ice cream sundaes and things like that. I have been there. Yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, very good. Up at the Hawk Hill. Yeah. The last one I would recommend is Red Apples, just quite close to the Wellgate. And they're a little bar and eatery. And they're also vegan, just, just vegan. Great. Good. Well, lots of recommendations there. And as I say, we seem to be really well served in this area then for vegan eating out when that becomes an option again. I tried to be vegan once and I found it very, very boring. And uh, I wonder if there's a good recipe book they could recommend. I mean, all over there are some amazing vegan blogs online that mm-hmm. have really experimenting with all sorts of different flavors. Um, but as for recipe books, I can definitely recommend the Scottish Vegan Cookbook by Jackie Jones. Oh, it's such a great book. Her macaroni cheese is amazing. <laughs> And if you're a vegetarian going vegan, definitely check out East by Mirasoda. Oh, yeah. They're just gorgeous recipes. And that's from like all over Asia. And the flavors are just, they're banging. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Good. Super. Thank you. Yep. Two great books by the sound of things. And Linda, do you your favourite recipe books? Yeah, I use the Scottish Vegan Cookbook as well. I would oh. definitely recommend that. But I think if you're considering becoming vegan for the first time, one really good mm. go-to book is The Easy Vegan, it's Sue Quinn. Mm-hmm. And what I like about this book is that she sets out really simply how much protein's in each type of food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you read these really cool little charts. And she also has a page on all really like vegan celebrities and who they are. <laughs> so you might learn, for instance, that, you know, Brad Pitt's vegan or for the first time or Sinead O'Connor's vegan. And then there's like practical stuff like a vegan shopping list to go through. You know, uh, all the sorts of yep. things that you need to think about that you perhaps don't have in the cupboard already to think about being vegan. But what I love most about this book is there's a double page spread on how to veganize a recipe. Mm. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's brilliant because, as I was saying before, I love all these sort of Indian meals and things like that. And, of course, Mira Soda's books are right up there in terms of my favorites. And all I do is veganize her recipes. So I just use the substitute for butter. Butter's about adding flavor to the meal so you can add things like stock in its place and that kind of thing. So really easy stuff to turn it into something vegan without actually compromising on the taste. And there is a vegan society, like there is a vegetarian one, yeah. And they help with recipes. Yeah, they have a whole recipe section, vegan society. Yeah, that you can subscribe to. Great. Yes, a significant amount of vegan food is based on soya, as far as I can make out. And yet there's a big problem with soya in terms of clearing the rainforest to grow more of it. And I find that a very big concern. I can definitely reassure that person that soy milk and tofu is not destroying the rainforest or the Amazon. Uh I think it's about over 96% of soy from the Amazon region is fed to cows, pigs and chickens eaten around the world. Uh And that's according to the UN Food and Agriculture Organization. So it's like legit data. And also 97% of Brazilian soy is genetically modified which is banned for human consumption in 
many countries oh. and it is really used to make tofu and soy milk in any case. And so soy milk also has much smaller emissions and land and water use than cow's milk. So if you're worried about the Amazon, not eating meat is still your best option. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda, do you want to add anything? Yeah, really. Kaylee, you made all the points that I was going to make there. And, and also to say that if you're at all concerned about it, and there's no real grounds for being concerned, but take your favorite recipes and veganize mm-hmm. them. So don't use soy. If you can avoid it, don't use it. But that limits you in terms of a lot of the meat substitute products, the processed meat substitutes, because, of course, a lot of them are based on soy. But if you enjoy cooking, you start from scratch. Don't include soy products. Yeah. But even if you did, it's fine. I was just going to add that it's not as difficult as you think to be a soy-free vegan. Mm -hmm. We recently thought that my son possibly had a soy allergy. So I was advised by the health visitor to cut soy from my diet for four weeks. And I thought it was going to be really, really terrible. And it was actually not hard. (laughs) So that was quite good. But it turns out he doesn't have an allergy. So luckily I can go back to eating tofu. But I learned how to make chickpea tofu in that four weeks. You know, there's just so many options out there now that you're well set, even if you are soy-free or a gluten-free vegan or whatever option you choose. Yeah, the whole range is available there. So I'm just going to throw in a couple of supplementary questions. This is my one because being a vegan, as you were both explicitly saying to begin with, it's not just the food. So what other aspects of your life, if you like, daily living, have you had to change? I mean, in terms of the you know, wearing leather thing, anything else to do with being vegan in that area? I think that there is a range in that not all vegans will follow this as that, like, it's an individual choice. So for me and Ian, we won't buy any products that are new leather. We won't broker any products that are new wool. Ian will pretty much not wear any leather or wool but I might buy some secondhand or if I see it in the charity shop because for me personally, I'm really anti-waste. Yep. And I also know that wool is very good quality as well. And again, if I'm gifted wool, which even though my family know that we're vegan, we still get gifted lots of woolen baby things. Mm. And I'm not going to just throw them out or donate them. My children will wear them. And then we will pass them on to another family so that they can be worn again by other children. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I'd say vegan is a lifestyle, but I think that it comes down to individual choice and personal responsibility on where your goalposts might be. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And Linda, that question? Yeah, I completely agree with Kaylee. I think for me, being vegan has taught me broader things, wider things yeah. about consuming and I think the issue is really to stop consuming. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, I do have leather shoes that I've had for 15 years. I'm not throwing them out just because they're leather, because I don't like to throw them out. I don't like the, the waste. And also that will just encourage me to buy something else when actually I don't need it. So I'm just sort of at the place where I can quite happily use what I've got, keep using what I've got until it's, you know, no longer usable and then mm-hmm. try to recycle it. Like Kaylee, I will pick up a bargain in a charity shop or on eBay from time to time. 
but I won't sort of actively go out buying new gear. And especially, I can't tell you the last time I bought a new pair of shoes. It's so long ago. Mm. And I suppose if I was down to my last pair and I had nothing else that was suitable, then I would probably invest in a pair of vegan shoes. But the bigger kind of lesson for me has been to just really curb consumption as much as possible because we are constantly bombarded with the need to buy more, to get more stuff whatever it is that we really don't need and that's doing far more damage I think yeah you know ultimately to the environment that constantly to consume Mm -hmm. so really with that in mind I thought well actually I've got enough I've had enough for quite a few years and I'll just stay with enough Mm. I don't need more thank you um another question I've got is um well, there's lots of non-vegan dishes that I'm really fond of, like eggs or cheese. And I was wondering whether you've got anything um, that you miss um, and are not able to cook anymore since turning vegan. Is there anything that you just every now and again think, mm, I would really just like? <laughs> I'm struggling to think of something. Yeah, I was veggie before I went vegan, so I really Mm -hmm. missing any meat and I've never been a big fan of mac and cheese but if I had have been I think I could easily make it yeah as you say vegan eyes yeah yeah I think the thing would have been curry and you know I love curry and I you know and when I was a meat eater I ate meat curry Mm -hmm. but now I just make vegan curry Mm-hmm. And somehow the, the meat doesn't dominate the taste anymore. So I'm actually able to taste so much more than I could mm-hmm. and really focus on the flavour. That's a lovely thing to be able yeah. to. Mm-hmm. And Kaylee, anything that you miss at all? Definitely a perfectly poached egg. Ah, It's not something that I crave, yeah. but it's definitely something that I haven't been able to replicate. And then maybe caviar as well. Like, Oof. I know, but that's the thing, like, it's like, it's not like any times that I get a craving for it. Like, I don't. Uh Uh-huh. But I was just, like, trying to think of things that I've not been able to veganize. Yeah. There's definitely recipes online where people have made fried eggs and actually, like, they even look like eggs, but I've not tried doing that. But a poached egg, yeah, I think that would be a difficult one. I know actually well one issue that my niece did come across is that sometimes when you know I think here in Britain a lot of places are now much more vegan friendly but when you're abroad for instance um, my brother and his family went to Italy uh, and my niece was vegan at the time and actually found it very difficult if they were like going out for (laughs) meals. I haven't travelled abroad for a while. I have to, obviously, I grew up in Australia, so my family are in Australia, so mm. I go back to Australia to see them. And, of course, there's a plethora of vegan options in Australia, in, in Sydney, yeah. where my family live. But Jen and I have decided not to travel abroad mm-hmm. when there's so many lovely things to see in Scotland. So we take all our holidays in Scotland. Mm. We have done for the last four years. So I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I can answer that. No. And lots of people are trying out vegan diets this month, obviously. Any piece of advice for those people who are trying to be vegan for the first time? Any words of encouragement and thoughts on 
how to transition from, as you two both successfully did, you were saying, and two, both of you, coincidentally, in 2016, that's amazing, just decided to keep going. What kept you going and any advice to anyone out there trying? Because I'm sure there are a few people out there having a go this month. Yeah, I would just say keep it simple, really. Yeah. And if you've got favourites, you know, that you that you do crave from time to time, like shepherd's pie or, you know, pizza or things like that, those are the sorts of things that are really easy to veganize. So, you know, stick with them, like try and create, you know, have as much, include as much normality in your, in your menu planning or whatever as you can. Just don't put the meat in, you know, yep. make the pizza, but don't put the pepperoni on it, don't put the cheese on it, you know, that kind of, or vegan cheese is available. So I guess just, you know, if you've got time, that's the thing as well, that you can, you know, try out some new recipes, try out something that you've not done before and see whether the flavour, concentrate on the flavour rather than on the substance or, you know, on the chewiness of it or something, <laughs> whatever, whatever, you know, sensation mm. meat gave you. <laughs> concentrate rather on the flavour of it rather than, the, than its chewy value. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, that's great advice. Thank you. And Kaylee, anything from you to keep folk going out there? Yeah, I would just say have fun with it. There's likely something in your diet mm-hmm. already that is a vegan meal. You can always use that as a touchstone. And you'll actually be surprised how many meals are already vegan or very easily made vegan. Yeah. Yeah, it will be easier than you think it will be. And I mean, if, if all else fails, you can always have a piece of toast because most bread is vegan. <laughs> <laughs> okay brilliant thank you yeah I think that's just about us covered most of the Tayport people's folks questions on becoming a vegan so is there anything else that either of you would kind of like to add just about your own thoughts about your journey I know that you've touched on a little bit about how it fits into the bigger picture of you know Linda you said about non-consumption about maybe climate change something like that Is there anything that we haven't touched on you want to just say maybe in favour of veganism? Linda, do you want to pass the bat on to you there? All I would say is, you know, there's tons of information out there about veganism. And also, I I guess the thing that I'd want to say is be curious. Be curious about where your food comes Mm -hmm. from. And then do some research. There's there's a ton of stuff. You know, you don't have to buy a library of books. There's tons of information on the web. Yeah. And as I say, what, you know, what really shocked me in a, in a way is just, you know, following Peter on, yeah. online and looking at the campaigns that they're involved in, in terms, you know, for, for, for animals and just reading their blogs and things like that. It's a very kind of shocking way of coming to a yeah. realisation about how food is produced. But I, I just think, you know, having those images have stayed with me in a way that's made me think, well, do you know what? There's something I can do. I cannot contribute to that by being a consumer of that product. Yeah. But yeah, I guess let's just be curious about, a bit more curious about where things yeah. where things come from, what you put in your mouth and, and, and you know, the life that it's had and the conditions it's been mm-hmm. kept in and that kind yeah, of thing. Great. Kayleigh, anything? Oh, just, I, I think Linda's really, really covered it there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because I think that, if, if any friend was saying to me, oh, look, I would like to try veganism or I'm, I'm going vegan for, for vegan January, 
so hard at the moment with COVID because I've been very happy to put my hand up and say, mm-hmm. let me cook something for you. Let, let me show you some of the really amazingly delicious, lovely things that we can have as vegans, just as you can have as an omnivore. Mm-hmm. When, when all of this is, is, is past, <laughs> I'll be able to do that. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. Gosh, yeah. How many things will happen when this is, yeah, when this is passed? We certainly hope that this interview has unleashed a bit of a vegan in you. Join us for the next month's episode where Kathleen will interview Marika from uh, Nature Scott about Tensmuir. They will talk about all the things we love about that wonderful place and how we can protect it for the future. Until then, keep safe. Thank you for listening to the Plant Voices podcast. For more Tapeworld Community Garden stories and for information on how to get involved, visit our website on www.tapeworldgarden.org.